Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, episode 185, 25 free alternatives to premium podcasting tools. Thank you for joining me for the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is the award-winning how-to podcast about podcasting. It's where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. Success is open to interpretation, how you define it. But one of the things that people often think about is, oh, it takes money to host a podcast. And yes, there are many different things that cost and many things that are worth the investment to podcast, whether you're podcasting for a hobby or you're podcasting for your business. However it is that you define success in your podcasting, it might very well cost money to get to that point. That's okay. And I want you to consider that it may be worth it to spend the money to get to that point with whatever those costs might be. However, I also know that most of us start out with probably no money, whether this be your hobby or your business. Maybe you have no budget or an extremely limited budget and you need to spend that money somewhere else. So you can't spend money everywhere you need to. That's why I've put together this list of 25 free alternatives to premium podcasting tools. This was requested by Leo from the Chopsticks podcast. If you'd like to check out what he's doing over at his site, you can get that link in the show notes for this episode, number 185, at com slash free alternatives. And also in the show notes will be all the links to every tool that I mention here, because you'll definitely want to check out many of these tools. And they may replace things that you are already using and spending money on that you could switch to something free, or this may give you a way to pick something free and choose to spend the money that you have on something else. But whatever your perspective is, there are a bunch of tools you could use to do things very well, and many successful people continue to use free tools. Free does not mean low quality and bad. But what I do want you to realize before I get into this list of free podcasting tools, is that free does still cost in six different ways here. Number one, free costs someone else's time and money. It took someone else a lot of time, maybe even some of their own money, in order to create this thing that you are using for free. They may have actual bills related to that. Like, for example, I launched a free plan with mypodcastreviews.com. And you can sign up for the free plan. It's a limited free plan, but you can sign up for that. You get some of your podcast reviews for free. You get a monthly email. It's limited in different ways. It does still cost me. And if I get 10,000 people signed up to the free plan, it will cost me more than 100 people signed up to the free plan. But having something out there that's free is costing. I pay every month for the server. And other people who offer something for free probably have similar expenses. It could be Amazon S3 for hosting the files. It could be some media hosting, some bandwidth, some web hosting, even just a domain or email address or phone number that they need to use in order to help them distribute this free item. It costs them money and it's cost them time. Think of what else they could have done to make money instead of produce this thing that they're giving away for free. So that's number one. Free costs someone else's time and money. Number two, free may cost more of your time 
for an inferior workflow. This is the thing that's very common with free tools is that free tools aren't designed as well as their premium counterparts. That doesn't mean that they're bad or that they'll do a bad job. It just means that they may not be as easy to use as other tools that are out there. This was one of my big reasons for switching from Audacity to Adobe Audition is I already had Adobe Audition, but one of the things that really impressed me was how much faster I could work with Adobe Audition because it could do things a little bit better. But if you're using free tools, then you may need more time in order to hack things together, in order to work with a workflow that doesn't quite do everything as simply for you or as fast or as automated as other tools do for you. So that's number two. Free may cost more of your time for an inferior workflow. Number three, free may require more knowledge for making things work your way. Free may not be as pretty and as easy to use as the premium tools that are available. And in order to get just as high quality and edit things the way that you need to or do things that you need to with your podcast, you may need to understand some more technical things. For example, it might be the difference of understanding how a compressor works and having to manually adjust the knobs and dials and different values versus just running your audio through a premium tool that standardizes the volume levels and everything. Like Aphonic is now a premium tool. They do have a free version that's very limited, but Aphonic has a great system for standardizing your volume level and evening it out to actual national standards, which is great. Listen to a podcast I'll have in the show notes for this episode by Ray Ortega, more about standard volume levels, where he talked with the guy behind Aphonic, a great interview. You'll learn a lot. It's very technical too. And that's the kind of technical stuff you might have to know in order to work with free tools. So that's number three. Free may require more knowledge for making things work your way. Number four, reason and aspect of free podcasting tools still costing is free often has little to no support. This is part of how companies can create a free product and then give it away for free is that they then don't spend more time and resources, even money in further developing that product or providing technical support for it. They might have an open tech support area where some of their employees might occasionally get around to checking to how they can help, or other people who are other users of this product also get in there and share their experiences and try to help each other. So it's more community-based with some of the support. That doesn't mean you won't be able to find the help you need. For example, WordPress is free to run on your website. Audacity is free. And there are so many people out there who know so much about these different tools that you can most likely find the answer to any question out there. Someone has that answer. There's some free tool that might be able to do something for you. It's just a matter of finding it. And that's part of the price of free is finding that support that you need. Number five, free sometimes has limitations. Be very cautious of anything that uses the words free and unlimited together because it most likely will not last. There is no way that you can provide free and unlimited anything together and have a sustainable business model. You'll run out of money if you're trying to provide that and other companies will as well. So there's some way that they're going to make money from it. But one of the ways is by limiting what you can do with the free thing. 
most free tools have some kind of restrictions, such as being for personal use only, or maybe they have limitations like a reduced feature set, or you're limited on how many things or how much you can do with this particular thing. Like Athonic, for example, is limited on how much audio you can process, and certain hosting programs are limited on how many files it can host or how much bandwidth it will put out there. There are many different limitations like this that are measurable, but that is part of the cost of being free is that means you don't have fully unlimited. Number six, free often includes ads. This is what can be a little annoying, but it's one way that developers are trying to make money by providing these free things is that the free stuff will provide some kind of ads, whether it be display ads, affiliate links, something like that. And that's how they can help compensate some of what they're doing for free. Some people are making a lot of money just from display ads, depending on how popular their product or service is. Others aren't making enough money to sustain it just from the display ads. So these five aspects of how free podcasting tools still cost are, number one, free costs someone else's time and money. Number two, Free may cost more of your time for an inferior workflow. Number three, free may require more knowledge for making things work your way. Number four, free often has little to no support. Number five, free sometimes has limitations. And number six, free often includes ads. Free stuff is great, but also don't take advantage of it and always only use it for free. Remember, it's not free for everyone. Someone's paying, and maybe you can be someone to help support the person who's giving something away for free. When was the last time you considered sending a donation to someone who provided something for free? Think about that. Even if it's just 5 or $10, that could be a lot more than nothing. If everyone who used a free tool contributed just 5 or $10 as thanks for that tool, then the developer could probably live off of those simple small donations. So now on to a list, 25 free alternatives to premium podcasting tools. One of the main things that we talk about in podcasting is having a basic website. If for no other reason, just to have a platform that you start building. If you want to start with a free platform, then I recommend wordpress.com. This is the hosted version of WordPress, where they are hosting WordPress for you. You're not hosting it yourself. They are managing the backend updates. It's WordPress, but it's a very limited WordPress. You can get a free account without a domain. You can get a premium account with your domain name. That does cost a little extra. But you also can't install your own plugins. There's a lot that you can't do with the site. One of that those things is natively run a podcast. You have to add in some other things like FeedBurner or Libsyn, some other stuff to try and run a podcast through WordPress.com or even Blogger. But if you're looking to start your platform and have no budget whatsoever, then I recommend that you start with WordPress.com. If you can spend even just a little bit, at least get your own domain. So it's not mywebsite.wordpress.com, but it's mywebsite.com. If you can spend even just the 17 or $27, whatever the cost is for that per year, I think that would be worth it for you. 
But if you want to step up a little bit more, we often talk about having your own self-hosted WordPress installation. This would be from WordPress.org. This isn't where you are actually the one hosting it yourself on your computer at home, but it is where you are paying for a server that is hosting your own copy of WordPress that you've installed. You can run your own plugins, anything like that on the platform. There is actually a free alternative to companies like Bluehost and many other different web hosting companies. At least it's free for one year, and that is Amazon EC2. Amazon's service is part of their bigger Amazon Web Services program, and they have this thing they call the free tier. And with their EC2, it is a hosting platform, and you get it free for one year, and it's a very minimal hosting platform. It has one gigabyte of RAM, it has very limited hard drive space, uh, very limited other tools, a lot of things. In order to work with this, you have to know certain stuff like terminal commands and how to SSH into your server, how to install your own web software, how to add databases and some of this other stuff. It can get complicated. That's part of the cost of free, like I already mentioned. And this is only free for the first year. After that, it's about $9 to $10 per month. But for the first year, if you're just starting out, you have no money whatsoever, and you need to get your own self-hosted WordPress website, this could be a way to do it, but it's complicated. A lot of these things are going to end up being complicated because that's a cost for being free. But if you need WordPress website hosting for free, Look at Amazon EC2. And I have these links, again, in the show notes for this episode, number 185 at com slash free alternatives. Next, media hosting. We so often as podcasters talk about the importance of hosting your podcast media somewhere other than your web server, especially if you're getting a free web server from Amazon. You do not want to host your podcast media with them. Another alternative would be archive.org. It is free and it's kind of fast. I do think Libsyn and Blueberry are worth every single penny, but if you don't have any pennies to spend on your media hosting, then consider archive.org. Archive.org lets you upload your files. You even have some administration tools with it. You can download your Uh, super basic stats. You can change what file is there. You can private, make certain things private. But it's not at all accurate stats that it gives you. And for very large files, you are not going to get very fast downloads. You'll get much better service through Libsyn or Blueberry. But if you're starting out and you have to do things for free, look at archive.org. Yes, I know you may be thinking, well, what about Dropbox and Google Drive? They're free options. Yes, they are, but they are even more limited than archive.org. Like Dropbox for media hosting would be a bad choice because just trying to get your direct download URL from Dropbox and, and Google Drive is difficult enough that that really takes extra time in your workflow. But beyond that, the restrictions and limitations that you have on Dropbox and Google Drive are more strict than with archive.org. So I think you're going to have more problems hosting there. If you need something free for media hosting, use archive.org. But archive.org doesn't provide very good stats. So that's why, next point, if you need media stats for free, then I recommend Blueberry. That's without the ease, blueberry.com. I have a link in the show notes. 
yes, Blueberry does provide premium stats and premium media hosting. I do, again, think that they are worth the costs. But if you don't have any money to spend, you can still get Blueberry's free media stats with your podcast download stats. The way it works is by your adding a little bit to the media URL for all of your media file downloads. That's really easy if you have PowerPress on a WordPress website, but you can do it manually if you're running your website through anything else. You just need to learn the particular way of implementing these media stats into your media download URLs, and then you'll get free stats from Blueberry. That's completely free, but they do have certain requirements that if you're doing this as a business or if you have advertisers, anything like that, that you do need to start paying. But the free stats do work really well. I really like the Blueberry stats. They're free and they're premium stats. Audio editing. Most podcasters, I think, should start out doing an audio podcast. It's easier to build an audience. It's easier to produce. It's cheaper, too. And if you need audio editing software, then there are two programs that I recommend. One is Audacity. And that's for Windows, OS X, and Linux. And the other is GarageBand. If you're on a Mac computer, then you already have GarageBand. Yes, you can buy it, but chances are very high that if you have a Mac, you probably already have GarageBand. Both of these are essentially free, but they do come with the cost of knowing how to use them for podcasting and the different workflows that each of them have. Your audio editing software will not improve the quality of your audio. It just improves your workflow. So if you have money to spend, spend it on hardware before you spend it on your software. And with GarageBand, I know some people will say that the latest version no longer works for podcasting. That's not true. That's really a mistaken understanding of how GarageBand works. GarageBand is still an audio editor. So that means you can use it to edit audio. Whoa, I know, brain explosion there. What it doesn't have is it no longer works for enhanced AAC podcasts, which I really don't recommend anyway. They're not very compatible. They're not very usable. And most people don't really care about the enhanced aspect of them anyway. The other thing is that, yes, the podcast track was removed from GarageBand, but that's just really a label and a preset with some effects. You can create an audio track, record into it, import your MP3s, your other audio, and edit your audio just like you could before. It's just some of the labels are different and you can't do enhanced AAC. Even with one of the most recent updates to GarageBand after Apple completely revised it, they put MP3 encoding back into GarageBand. So you don't have to export it out to iTunes in order to create your MP3s. You can create them right from within GarageBand. Audacity, you can use Lame or you can export as Wave and use iTunes to create your MP3s. But either of these tools are free. And the point is that you can use these to create your audio podcast. There are plenty of professional audio podcasters that still use Audacity or GarageBand, and you'd have no idea that they're using free software. For video editing, it starts to get a little bit more complicated because video is just more complicated in its nature. And also the equipment is a bit more expensive as well. For video editing, I recommend Jashaka, iMovie, and Movie Maker. Jashaka is for Windows, Linux, and OS X, and I have no idea if I'm correctly pronouncing that, but it's kind of like the audacity of the video editing world. 
it has somewhat of an odd workflow, but it is still extremely capable and you can make videos with this free software. If you have a Mac, then you probably already have iMovie, which is for OS X. And if you have a Windows computer, then you probably already have or can easily get Movie Maker, which is just for Windows. Either of these built-in video editors are more than enough for the average video podcaster. If you're working with free software like this, I recommend that you keep your video needs simple, just straight cuts or crossfades. Don't try to do anything fancy because this software won't be able to do extremely fancy stuff, but it works great. Again, many professional video podcasters or people on YouTube are using these free tools and you would never know it because you're focused on their content and their quality in other aspects. So if you need video editing, get Jashaka, iMovie, or Movie Maker. Links in the show notes for this episode, number 185. If you need music for your podcast, whether it's an audio podcast or a video podcast, do not use copyrighted music. Regardless of how much money you think you'll make from your podcast or won't make, and regardless of how you're trying to define fair use, it's very likely that however it is that you want to use the music for your podcast is still breaking the law if you don't have permission from the copyright holders for that creative work. So do not use copyrighted music. The best practice, I think, when it comes to copyrighted content is avoid it unless you know for sure that you fit inside of that fair use clause, which is very specific on certain things. And most podcasters do not fit within fair use or you get the permission from the copyright holder who isn't always the same person as the person who made the music that you're using. But if you want music in your podcast, then the best place for free music is Music Alley. This is from Mevio, which Mevio itself as a company is gone, basically. So I really question the future of Music Alley, but it is still online at this moment. And if it ever goes offline, I'm sure someone else would pick it up too and keep it going. But Music Alley has a huge catalog of some great songs in all kinds of genres by independent artists. The Audacity to Podcast theme song actually came from Music Alley. The song is Vegas Shuffle, and it's by Charlie Crow. And I asked him for his permission to continue using the song without attribution, and he granted me that permission. And that's something that you might be able to do if you find a great piece of music, but you don't want to always give the credit in your podcast episodes, which you're required to do if you use music from Music Alley, then you could contact the artist directly and maybe work something out. Maybe it's just send them $20 and they'll be happy to give you an unlimited license. Maybe they're just happy for an occasional mention, a link on your podcast website instead of inside of your podcast audio or video. The artists would love to have the promotion in other ways too. So don't be afraid to reach out to them. But paying them is certainly lovely to them. So Music Alley is a great place for free music. For sound effects, for your audio or video production, whether it be drama or just you need bumpers or segues or anything like that for your podcast, look at freesound.org. This is kind of like the sound effect equivalent of Music Alley. It's a free library of all kinds of sound effects. They do also require attribution every time you use the audio 
somewhere within your episode prominently enough. But again, you may be able to negotiate with the artists for using their work without having to give the attribution in every single episode. So for free sound effects, look at freesound.org. For voicemail and voiceover IP calling, which some people would think, I need to get this particular 800 number, or I need to use Skype out in order to call a phone, just use Google Voice. Google Voice is free. Now, it may not always be free, but for the last several years, Google keeps announcing, we're going to make it free for another year. We're going to make it free for another year, over and over again. And this is a great tool that integrates for a couple of your podcasting needs. One is it can give you a voicemail number that just whenever someone calls it, it goes directly to voicemail. It can also forward to your phone, but you can set it to always send to voicemail. That's what I do with my podcast voicemail line, 903-231-2221. It always goes to voicemail. The other aspect is that you can use Gmail to make a phone call from your Google Voice phone number. So you can call a business using that as your business line, or you can call someone you're going to interview and call them from your computer so that you can use your computer in that way. Newer versions of OS X like Yosemite will come with features that will allow you to do something very similar if you have an iPhone, but not everyone has a Mac and an iPhone and the latest versions of these in order to run these cool features. So look at Google Voice as a free version for voicemail and voice over IP calling or VoIP calling. For stock photography, since photography is so important on the web now, so many things are being shared and they get such better reach if they have photos and just the internet as a whole looks better if there are photos instead of just all text. There are a lot of free stock photography websites out there and there are a lot of lists of free stock photography websites out there. I've got a link to a list in the show notes for this episode number 185. But my favorite place to go for free stock photography is compfight.com. They search the entire Flickr library and find all of the images that are licensed for Creative Commons or even licensed for commercial use for free. And CompFight gives me the exact HTML with the code and everything that I need in order to give the required attribution for each photo that I use. So I can just put that into my caption field when I use a photo inside of WordPress or somewhere else, and that works great for me. CompFight has some great photos, some not so great photos. It takes a little bit more work to find a good photo there, but that's a whole lot better than spending $10, and $12, 20 $50 for a good-looking photo from a place like iStockphoto or some of these other premium photo libraries. There are a lot of other free stock photo libraries out there, and you can certainly link to any of them you'd like to in the comments for this episode. But I have that list of other services. And some of the photos from CompFight are great and very versatile. Just try different searches. If you look back at episodes 177, 175, and 158, and many others too, you'll see that I also used photos from CompFight. But don't forget that you also probably already have a decent camera. Even if it's just your smartphone, 
that you're going to use. Like the iPhones, especially newer ones, have great cameras on them. So you could stage your own photo for this particular blog post or podcast episode so that makes it more shareable on social networks, especially like Pinterest or Facebook, Twitter, and other places like that. For example, if you look at my episodes 174, 165, 164, 150, and many others, I staged my own photos and photographed them. I do have a digital SLR camera, but you don't always have to have fancy equipment in order to get a good-looking photo. So for stock photography, I recommend CompFight. For image editing, there are three different services you could use, Pixlr, PicMonkey, or The GIMP. Pixlr and PicMonkey are very similar in that they are web applications. They work in a browser, so it doesn't matter what kind of computer that you have, but you can log in or create an account with these services. Photoshop.com also presents some limited functionality here, and you can create your own artwork or edit images that you have. That way you can create the cover photo that you need or maybe create your own podcast cover art instead of hiring someone like me or going through the audacitypodcast.com slash 99designs or anything like that. But you could create something of your own, remove someone from a photo, add text to a photo, anything like that. The GIMP is software that you install on your computer and there are other versions of it since it's open source. Some people have tried to make it more like Photoshop. So there's another version out there called GIMP Shop. And I have links to each of these in the show notes as well. So for image editing, you don't have to buy Photoshop or subscribe to Creative Cloud. You could just use one of these free apps and they might do the job for you that you need. For video lighting, if you do a video podcast... Lighting is one of your most important aspects of your quality. Audio quality is first. Lighting quality is second. Video camera quality is third. And I recently did a video review or an initial review and an unboxing video showing you how to set up a lighting kit from Fancier Studio. It's a $170 lighting kit. There's also a similar $199 lighting kit that's slightly different in the soft boxes that it presents but it's very inexpensive and it puts out a lot of light you can check that out at the audacity to podcast.com slash lighting if you want to see that video where i walk through that and show you how to set it up and let you see the kind of quality of that lighting kit but you might not have 170 dollars in order to invest in a decent lighting kit that's fine but you have no excuse for a poorly lit video Something you can do that's completely free is stand by a window on a sunny day. Don't try to get direct sunlight because that can be blinding or it can bleach things out a little bit too much. So maybe pick a window that's away from where the sun is directly coming in or position yourself so that the direct sunlight isn't on you directly. But just being close to that window will give you some great light. Sunlight is the purest certainly freest light source that we have it will look great in your photos in your video if you're having trouble with shadows being too harsh paint a bed sheet or a blanket or a tablecloth or a shower curtain in front of the window in order to diffuse the light a little bit and soften it especially if you have some direct sunlight coming in through your only window that you can have available to get even better lighting You could take something like a dry erase board or another white sheet 
and use it on the opposite side to kind of bounce some light, reflect some light off of that. But try to approach the window at a slight angle, maybe a 45 degree angle or so, so that the sunlight isn't flat on your face. And it's also not just on the right or the left side of your face, but that it's kind of getting you from the front and spilling over to the other side a little bit. And it can look beautiful that way. And it's completely free. So if you need video lighting for that, use a window. If you look back at some of my older videos for the Audacity to Podcast and some of the things where I did podcast awards, the way that I positioned my video camera wasn't just to get a neat looking background with my equipment and my computer in the background and posters on the wall, but it was because I had one set of daylight calibrated CFL light bulbs that I picked up at a clearance sale somewhere. I used those in a standard house lamp on one side of me. And then there's a window behind me. You don't see it in the video, but this window behind me is giving sunlight from the other side and the lighting looked great. I just had to wait until just that perfect moment when the sun was shining and there weren't any clouds or anything like that. So my lighting balanced out well, but it worked really well and it looked really good. So for video lighting, use the sunlight and a window. For sound dampening, since we're podcasters, we don't always have soundproof studios. We could be recording in a basement, in a spare bedroom, maybe in the closet, maybe even in the kitchen, around the kitchen table. Many of these rooms create extra echo and reverb that make the audio really sound bad. Reverb is where just stick your head in a tub and sing, and that bouncing noise, the shaking vibration noise that you get back is reverb. Echo is where you're actually hearing the words back to you, but a reverb is a different kind of echo, basically, and I know the physics of how the sound work are very technically different. But a way to reduce this in your own room, wherever you're recording, is put some furniture in this room. The softer it is and the less flat that it is, the better that it helps your audio. Because if you ever look at a stealth bomber, you'll see that it doesn't really have any flat sides. It's trying to deflect the sound and the light waves off in all kinds of different directions. It's very similar to how furniture works and how sound works in a room is that the more you can deflect the sound in ways away from your microphone, the better it is. Soft stuff also absorbs sound into it. So that's why it's great to have carpet and soft furniture because they absorb sound and they don't make the vibrations go back out as reflecting the sound. But instead of just furniture, you could also look at hanging some blankets or curtains on the walls. Anything that makes your room less flat and softer will reduce that uh, reverb that you would be getting that can reduce the quality of your audio recording, especially as you get farther away from your microphone. So for sound dampening, use blankets and furniture. For an email list, and I do recommend that you have an email list for your podcast, even if you're just starting out, that's a great time to have an email list or start one. Even if your email list is simply an automated message that tells them about the latest podcast episode that's available for you. That's how some of my email lists on Noodle Mix Network work, is they just link to the latest episode and they go out automatically. For the Audacity to Podcast, I am custom writing new messages to go out. And those messages 
also include links to my latest blog post, video, and podcast episode, and some other stuff that I'll be doing in the future, and occasionally some other promos for things that I'm doing. So for an email list, start out with something free. One option that you have that I learned from Dustin Hartzler from Your Website Engineer Podcast is MailPoet. This is a WordPress plugin that lets you manage your email list, the design, and all of the content right inside of WordPress. So you don't have to go to any other website to manage this stuff. The premium version gives you more stats and tools, but the free version does work really well, and it's not as limited as other free options are out there. So you could have an email list with thousands of people on it. The other option is MailChimp. And MailChimp gives you a lot more control and power with your list. They say the limits are 2,000 subscribers and sending no more than 12,000 emails per month. It's not quite as hard of a limit as those numbers make it sound. I do actually have a mailing list that is over 2,700 people, but I can never send to that entire list. So it makes sense for them to say the limit is 2,000 people because I can send to an entire list of 2,000 people. I can't send to an entire list of 2,700 people, but that's okay because that particular list doesn't need to send to all 2,700 people at once. I never send to that full list, well, very rarely, and if I do need to, then I might upgrade my account for a month, then downgrade it when I'm finished with that very important thing that I need to send to all 27, 2,800, however many thousands of people are on that list. But the actual subscriber limit is a total thing, and think about it in terms of a mathematical equation. If you have a list with 12,000 people on it, you can't send to that entire list, but you can segment it out to 2,000 people at a time and send to each of them one email at a month. If you have 2,000 people on your email list, then you can send up to six emails within a month. Six times 2,000 equals 12,000. So that's your maximum number of emails that you can send. Break this down even further. If you have 12 people on your email list with a limit of 12,000, that means you can send up to 1,000 emails to those 12 people. Don't do that. Please don't do that. But that is how it works. It's more of a balanced thing of how many emails total are you sending? How many are you sending at a single time in a single campaign? But MailChimp can work great for that. I use MailChimp for all of our Noodle Mix Network newsletters, and I really like it. And I am still on the free plan. So for email lists, use MailChimp or MailPoet. For live streaming, and live streaming is not necessary for podcasting, I don't really recommend it even if you're just starting out in podcasting, but if you want to do some live streaming video, then I recommend YouTube Live as a free podcasting tool for doing any kind of live events. What's really cool about YouTube Live is that it's easy, it's free, you can have it with or without ads, which that right there is amazing. It embeds very easily because it's the same thing as embedding a YouTube video on a site. You can earn money from the ads that display. And once you're finished with your recording, it's put directly into your YouTube channel. So you can then start sharing that video recording that you recorded directly into YouTube. And it works really well for that. If you're going to use YouTube live for your live streaming events, one of the 
annoying things that you'll run into is that you have to change the embed code for each new event. But if you're using WordPress, then I recommend you get the plugin IX Show Latest YouTube. That's a free plugin for WordPress, and I'm a contributing coder to this plugin. And this plugin will look and display whatever your latest live upcoming or current live event is. And if there isn't anything upcoming or live, then it can fall back to display your most recent video on your site. This is what I use on noodle.mx slash live, where I have the live video of the podcast that we live stream, like our clean comedy podcast and our once upon a time podcast. That's where I point people to go. And I don't have to update that code every single time. It just updates automatically with whatever the latest live video is or my most recent video, depending on the options that I choose. So use YouTube Live for your live streaming video if you need something free and get that IX Show Latest YouTube plugin for WordPress. If you want to do more cool stuff with your streaming live video, then look at Cam Twist Studio or Minicam. Minicam is M-A-N-Y-C-A-M. Cam Twist Studio and Minicam are like free versions of Wirecast. Wirecast is extremely powerful software. It's also extremely expensive, $500 or $1,000. It's probably worth it. I don't use it, though. I've tried the demos, and it is really cool. But I've used Cam Twist Studio before, which is for OS X, and Minicam is for Windows or OS X. And both of these allow you to do certain special effects on the screen, switch cameras back and forth. You can even sometimes do stuff like picture-in-picture or display text on your screen. Some of the stuff you can even do with Google Plus Hangouts, if you're using those to stream out to YouTube Live, which you don't have to create a Hangout on air in order to stream to YouTube Live. You can create a YouTube Live event and use Google Hangouts in order to power that event. It's kind of a backwards way than you might be used to hearing people talk about, but it works really well and it's really awesome. That's the way I do all of our live streaming events. So for some live streaming video effects, use Cam Twist Studio or Minicam. Speaking of live, let's look at the other aspect of live, and that is if you want to record every aspect of your podcast live to your drive. And that would be not necessarily live streaming, but maybe mixing in your voicemails, your intro and your outro music, your bumpers, any other sound clips or sound effects that you use with your podcast. You need a sound cart or a cart manager, some kind of soundboard so that you just press a button and it plays audio into your podcast. I use Ambrosia Software's soundboard for OS X, but that is expensive software. There's also Black Cat Systems, SoundBite, that also costs. You can get stuff for iPad and such. But if you want something for free, which that's why you're still listening to this episode, get Jingle Palette or BZ Soundboard. These are both free applications that give you a soundboard where you drag in what audio that you want to play. You can assign your audio to a bunch of buttons on rows and columns, and then all you have to do is just press one of those buttons and it plays that sound back for you. Jingle Palette is for Windows, and BZ Soundboard is for OS X. These don't really look that fancy, and they don't have really advanced features, but if all you need is a basic soundboard, then these can work great for you and display all of those sounds that you need to be able to play for your particular podcast. Check those out for free soundboards, Jingle Palette, and BZ Soundboard. There are a bunch of other things, and I'd love for you to comment on the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 
free alternatives in the show notes for episode 185. Let me know what other free alternatives you know of that you've used and had great success with, or if there's some other tool that you want that needs to be free, then maybe the community can help each other out in finding this. A great place to go for finding any tool, an alternative to any tool, is alternative2.net. I'll have a link to that in the show notes as well. And you can type in there the name of the program, for example, Photoshop CC. You could type that into there. And then it gives you a list of all of the alternatives. And you can filter it out to only alternatives that are free, only those that are on Windows or Linux or OS X. So it's a great way to find alternatives to apps. And if you know of an alternative that's not in there, then I suggest that you add it to their database as well. Like I added Jingle Palette. They didn't have Jingle Palette in their database and I put it in there for them. So that's alternative2.net. So this list of 25 free alternatives to premium podcasting tools is for basic website, wordpress.com, for WordPress website hosting, Amazon EC2, for media hosting, archive.org, Media Stats, Blueberry, Audio Editing, Audacity or GarageBand, Video Editing, Jashaka, iMovie or Movie Maker. For Music, get Music Alley songs. For Sound Effects, Freesound.org, Voicemail and VoIP Calling, Google Voice, Stock Photography, Comp Fight or just take your own photo, Image Editing, Pixlr, PicMonkey or The Gimp, Video Lighting, Sunlight and a Window, Sound Dampening, Blankets and Furniture, Email Lists, MailChimp or MailPoet, live streaming, YouTube Live, streaming effects, Cam Twist Studio or Minicam, and a soundboard, Jingle Palette, or BZ Soundboard. I'd love to hear your experience with each of these tools and what other free alternatives you would recommend. Comment on the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash free alternatives. Some podcasting tools, though, don't have free alternatives, and you need to recognize that these things will cost money And this is with the assumption that you're starting from nothing, not like, oh, you already have a $700 smartphone. Yeah, you can use that for free. Something costs. So you've paid for something somewhere along the way. Most likely you already have a computer, but you may not have a smartphone or a tablet or anything like that. So I'm not counting those as free alternatives because they do cost to get to that point of free. I guess I could say that in order to have a room that you put furniture in, you need to have furniture, you need to have a house, and that's not necessarily free. But that's that's a bit m- more of a deeper level than I'm getting into here. So some of the podcasting tools that don't have free alternatives are audio and video equipment. You really can't get a free microphone. Yes, you can use your built-in microphone with your computer, but then you have to have a computer already. And the built-in microphone is such low quality. It's horrible. Get close to that microphone. Don't be five feet away from it, picking up all of that room echo, but get close to it. Video equipment, if you don't have a video camera at all, then you're not going to be able to record video. Sometimes built-in webcams are pretty good. Sit near a window and you'll get much better lighting, but still, you might not even have a camera at all, so you might need to buy one. A domain name, getting your own .com, .net, .org, .tv, .whatever domain name does cost money. There is absolutely no way to get a domain name for completely free. Any kind of professional services or any kind of fancy artwork like design or audio editing, audio production, branding, video branding, video editing, transition, some of that cool stuff, 
Anything professional and fancy like that is going to cost money. There aren't good free alternatives. Even looking at the aspect of hiring a podcasting consultant, and I am a podcasting consultant available for hire, you could hire someone like me to help you with your problems, or you could go out and try to find the answer yourself, search forums, and then you'll get 20 different answers, and each one of them may be saying, no, that's wrong, this is the right way to do it, and the next guy says, no, that's wrong, this is the right way to do it. That's why the few podcast consultants that are out there who do this for a living have really worked hard to make sure that we know what we're talking about and we have tried these other things and we recommend the best ways to do these things. So again, it can be worth it to hire someone or you can go the free route and then you have to sift through all of the information and you have to learn stuff because you might get some pretty technical answers back. Free is not bad, but free is also not necessarily good. But I understand that free may be your only option. So that's why I created this list of resources for you. Please comment on the show notes and let's continue to build this list. There might be alternatives that I didn't mention, tools that I didn't think of in this episode, but as the comments grow on this post, I'll increase the show notes for this episode and really make this a great resource for starting podcasters. So go to theaudacitypodcast.com slash free alternatives to help me add to this list and share with me some of the tools that you use or have seen great success in using for podcasting video or audio. I've got two announcements for you. One is Social Media Success Summit is this awesome conference. I'm going to attend it, but it's not an event where you have to fly out get a hotel room, pay for food, all of that. This is an online conference exclusively for marketers and business owners. And I am both a marketer and a business owner. So I'm really excited to attend this, to really learn about how to use social media for marketing and for business in all aspects. Podcasting will be mentioned, blogging, YouTube, video, SEO, all kinds of stuff. This is really exciting. It's several sessions from many, many speakers, more than 40 speakers, I think. And I highly recommend this. Right now, this week, if you register before August 8th, 2014, then you'll be able to save $400 on this. It normally costs $697 to attend. But before August 8th, 2014, you can attend for just $297. Yes, it is a big price, but you receive over 40 hours of training. And this isn't just on a single day or a single week. It's spread out. But even if you can't attend the spread out sessions, you receive all the recordings from all of these sessions. So you still get all of that great training and you get invited to these exclusive groups where you can talk about the training, ask questions and such. This will be a huge opportunity for you to learn how to market your business and grow your business better. However you define your business, Check it out in the show notes, or you can go to theaudacitypodcast.com slash SMSS. That stands for Social Media Success Summit. And this is from the guys over at Social Media Examiner, and they do great jobs with everything that they do. I'm really looking forward to attending. Several of my friends are speakers on this, and I'm excited to learn from this as well. Just visit that link through the show notes, and you'll save $400 off your registration. The other thing is live in-person events are a lot of fun and the UK podcasters meetup or conference actually is coming up and it's the same weekend as podcast movement. I have links to both of these in the show notes for this episode number 185 
And I highly recommend that you attend one of these. If you're in England, go to UK Podcasters. If you are in the United States, go to Podcast Movement. I really don't think you'll regret making it there. It will be awesome. I am speaking at Podcast Movement. I'm giving 10 ways to take your podcast from average to amazing. I'm really excited about being there and so excited to meet you and so many other people who will be there as well. So check that out in the show notes for this episode at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash free alternatives. Now I want to tell you something that's a little ironic. This is completely unrelated to podcasting, but in the last episode, I talked about what to do when you don't feel like podcasting, and I really did not feel like podcasting on that day. What I said to my live chat room when I record the show live on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, theaudacitytopodcast.com slash live, is I told them, I'm having a hard time today because my tooth is kind of hurting. I have a tooth that's feeling a little bit weird. It's hurting. It's making it a little bit difficult to talk. And I had some other issues going on that were making it hard to focus and work on my podcast episode on that day. But that was Monday. The next day, I woke up with my tooth hurting so bad that there were times throughout the day when I would be crying because it was hurting so bad. I don't cry. Yes, there was the Toy Story 3 incident. But besides that, I don't really cry. And it hurt so bad that I was crying at times. I would wake up in the middle of the night crying from the pain. It was so intense. I could not take enough painkiller to try and get rid of it. And the slightest bump of my tooth would just hurt horrendously. It's one of the most painful things I've ever gone through. And Wednesday night, I canceled our Clean Comedy podcast because I knew I would not be able to talk that much for a clean comedy podcast, but I did still host our Once Upon a Time podcast, but it worked out because, and this should have been another point to the show notes for that episode, but maybe rely on your co-host more. And what we did for that episode of our Once Upon a Time podcast is we talked about some recent Comic-Con news and some spoilers, and I pretty much just asked a couple questions here and there. I did not want to be spoiled, so I let my co-host lead the spoiler section. I just opened the podcast, said a few things, asked a couple questions, closed it, and that alone hurt terribly uh, on my tooth. And we got the podcast episode out, though, and so the things that we do for our podcast. If you're concerned about me, I did have the tooth removed, and it was very good that I did. I had a root canal on that tooth a couple years ago, and it ended up that the tooth itself had cracked. And that's why I was experiencing such pain. So that tooth has been completely removed. It was a very easy operation. And when they first numbed me before the operation, that was the first moment in a week, in almost a week, that I was without pain from that tooth. It was hurting continually, and that means nonstop. It was hurting continually at an 8 to 10 on a scale of 1 to 10 for several days. And it was unbearable and very difficult to work, very difficult to talk, very difficult to eat, very difficult to do anything. But that's over now and I'm now down by one tooth. But I'm so glad that that was taken care of. So when you feel like you can't podcast like I didn't on that time and if you're going through that extreme pain, skip it and your audience will completely understand like my audience did as well. I'd love to hear from you your thoughts on the content that I shared in this episode, and especially if you have free alternatives to recommend for any of these or anything else as a podcasting tool people should consider, or you want to ask 
for free alternatives. Please comment on the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash free alternatives. I'd love to help you podcast better, whether you're starting out or you're trying to fix a problem or you need help with your podcast. Please email feedback at theaudacitypodcast.com. That's also where you can send feedback and questions for me to answer in the podcast or call 903-231-2221 or send a voice message through the website at theaudacitypodcast.com. Big thanks to Luke McClure, who went to theaudacitypodcast.com slash iTunes and wrote a kind review for me in iTunes. Yes, I did get that review from mypodcastreviews.com. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. I'm Daniel J. Lewis from theaudacitypodcast.com. Thanks for listening. The Audacity Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. The Audacity Podcast is also a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Find more at techpodcasts.com.